0: Hello everyone, it's Jan Bedell, the Little Giant Steps Brain Coach. Welcome back for this week's Brain Coach Tip. Over the last 20 plus years, I've seen thousands of families incorporate the neurodevelopmental approach for life and see amazing results. I've seen frustrated parents become encouraged and children that, even though they were gifted, didn't think they were very smart. They realized a new confidence in themselves. I've seen families that applied these strategies to their typically developing children and attain functional abilities with surprising ease. My goal today is to equip you with resources and the reassurance that it can be easier for your child too, and God can use you to make it happen. Please share this podcast with your friends and family. You just never know when you might be the link God wants to use another family can get the help they're praying for. This week, you will hear part two of the workshop that I did at a recent homeschool convention. Because you won't be able to see the PowerPoint that I used, I encourage you to get the handout at Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. Look for Brain Coach Tips and number 27 so you can see some of the examples that I talked about. Now let's join other homeschool families wanting to know how to help their gifted child. If you want more resources, be sure to go to littlegiantsteps.com where there are articles and many enrichment tools and techniques. Then with auditory, some things definitely need to come in better auditorily. We believe that that is math facts. So if you say, to a child or you say to yourself, six plus two, you typically hear eight. And so we want to put it in auditorily. Now what do we do as a society? We have this grand idea of holding up these wonderful magic cards, and they're magic, you know I mean, they're either magic or a test, one of the two. I mean But we hold it up and you knew this yesterday. Come on! Or they just have to hesitate, and hesitate, and hesitate, count on their, in their head or whatever. But if it's not in there good, it's not going to come out good. So what we did, you see ours are a little different. The answer is actually on the card. And with the whole system, they see, hear, say, and write five math facts 14 times a day. It only takes six minutes. A minute here, a minute here, two minutes here, two minutes there. So they listen for two minutes. They see these for one minute really quickly, just five of them, and they listen and write the answer as they're hearing the answer instead of being asked to fill out this speed drill and get faster at it. You see the difference? It's just like these flags. We're flashing it to them and giving them all the input that they need. It's pretty amazing how it works. My granddaughter, well, I think I've got something on here to show you about that. We had this one lady that said, My child is 15 years old. He is gifted in math. He can do all this high-level math. It's just incredible how he understands it, but his answers are always wrong because he doesn't know his math facts. She said, he's 15. I, I have a whole shelf of things that didn't work. I didn't expect this to work, but now he knows his math facts. So obviously I made it for little guys, but it's working for the older ones too. This is something I'm, what I'm giving away. So if you, have one of those yellow sheets you can just move it to the center and we'll do that at the end and this has the flashcards on it for addition, subtraction, multiplication, and division In teaching five at a time so if your child knows most of them and just needs to review a little bit this might be something that you might want to use for that just giving more input. Now we did some research on this in a, a school that had four first grades and they all used the same curriculum. They went to the same school. But the one on the right is the one that used, added the rapid recall to their regular curriculum. So it's just for math facts. And you see they all tested about the same at the first and then at the end. The subtraction was really what surprised me. We had two first graders that could do 70 math facts subtraction in three minutes, just perfectly not missing anything. All right, so that is based on that frequency, intensity, and duration that I was telling you because out of those 14 times that they see, hear, say, and write those math facts, only twice is information coming out of their brain, all the rest of it is going in. So inputting, 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 that's kind of my mantra. We did this with Kenzie. She was having some fun in the mud. Um, But before that, she did this math uh, page for me, and she was on the second track, We teach them zero plus and one plus first. And then uh, the ones that are circled are the ones that she learned the week before. And she could do that in one minute and 35 seconds at five years old. She didn't even make the cut for kindergarten this year. But she's like your kids a little on the gifted side. One of the things that we've enjoyed doing is getting these uh, little figures from Safari Limited, have you seen those in the tubes? They have all kinds of real realistic animals and they're really, really cool. So what we did is put a picture from the internet of that same insect, or like this one's an insect, and I put it in a little insect uh, catcher to make it a little more realistic. And so Carter is three, he's sorting, he, he likes to do the, the little figures and match them, He's not too big on the words yet, but but we put the words there, and you see, you know, common um, morpho butterfly. So we're giving them the real name for them, and then they just match them. So this is not necessarily reading, but definitely tends toward reading, and then they start to, as you've told them what they are, then they start to read those, and they get that good advanced information of the real name for those things. This is a unit that we did on animals from Australia, and Kinsey's matching not only the animals, but the words here. And then you can talk about continents, geography, climate, animal habitat, science. All those kinds of things can come out of something like this. So I encourage you to look at those. Now this is your last chance for the input before we have the test. So, you ready? Belize, Nepal, Ireland, and Chad. All right, now we're going to talk about processing, and we're going to have that test in a minute, so hopefully you got that. The processing is very important. This is your short-term memory. The visual processing, we don't have time to talk about today, but I do have a free test kit at littlegiantsteps.com that you can get and test your child for visual sequential processing. That's holding the visual pieces together and then bringing them back out. It's got the instructions and then how to help them do better at that. The auditory processing is the one that I am most concerned with because it's globally affecting the child. So I want you to participate with me. I'm going to call out some numbers to you. As soon as you hear the series of numbers, then you give them back to me. Not give them back to me. That's what your child's going to do when you're at home. You're going to write them down because we can't have everybody calling those back out. We wouldn't know what what we were saying. Now, a lot of you are close to each other, so let's not be looking on each other's paper. I mean, that would be cheating, you know. And the cue is when I'm through talking, then you start writing, okay? Don't write as I'm talking. (laughs) All right, you ready? Let's try this. Eight, two. Nine, one. Okay, ready? Six, three, five, seven, four. Next, nine, one, eight, two, zero, three. And this is a little challenging with this auditory distraction over here, but we're going to try this one. You ready? 6, 0, 7, 5, 2, 9, 4. All right, I see a few worried looks out there, but we're going to do one more. Okay, you ready? 5, 3, six two seven one zero nine all right while that feeling is fresh on your mind of how it felt when the numbers got too long tell me how you felt anxious anything else Fearful, like just like, oh, I'm giving up, I'm not even going to try that, or where'd those numbers go too much on overload. If your child has an issue with this, that's how they feel all the time. So the, the following directions and those kind of things that you think are behavioral may not be. It may be that they can't hold the pieces together, and so they can't do it. So this is why it's so important. So it could be that it's not a behavioral thing, I am going to show you if you got it right or not, so don't worry about that. (laughs) Some people have an anxiety about, how would I do? But the behavior, play with younger children, behave like younger children oftentimes when their processing is low. The comprehension is not as good as it could be because they can't hold the pieces together. Following directions is a huge issue. You tell them to do these things, and then they're not doing them, and then sometimes they just look at you like, well did you tell me to do something? And you're going, Oh, please, you know, because you had told them, but they did not hold those pieces together so they couldn't do those directions. Conceptual thinking, big picture. I really think this it has affected our culture so much that in the voting booth people do not see the big picture anymore. You know, consequences, cause and effect. Conversational language Sometimes they'll interrupt you. I've got to tell you right now or I'm going to forget. You know, they have to tell you. Or they get stuck on something. You go along and talk and then they add something and you've already passed that and they're, you're kind of looking at socially that's going to affect them as well. So attending, staying on task, if it's low, they can't do it. You put your third grader there to do his math and you go – to change the load of laundry or something, you come back and he's building a fuzz castle, you know, on carpet, upside down on the chair. The intensity has left at that point. Okay, Phonetic utilization is very much tied to this because it's an auditory approach. So for those of you that are homeschooling and using phonics, don't go buy another phonics program if the phonics program you have is not working because that's not going to be the issue. You're going to have just as much success with that one as the other one because they're basically the same. <clears throat> it's oftentimes the processing. to help the piece, this piece, this piece, this piece, and the rule together to get the word out. Now, if the processing is higher, we ha- I worked with a gifted child named Angela. At 12 years old, her processing was about an eight, which is that last one that I gave you. And she could work for me as a branch director. She talked to the parents when I was with the child. She worked with the child when I was with the parent. She rescheduled, ran the credit card machine, all of that at 12. At 14, she was an assistant at a school for a teacher's assistant. And when she went to college, she worked for this guy and he made a position for her for the next year to work for him. She had all the keys to the every building on the campus for housing uh, as a freshman. So, you really see confidence emerging. And as leaders, and especially leaders with gifted children, we're supposed to, as Christians, we're supposed to build leaders. And I can actually go into a school classroom and do this one test and come out and tell the teacher who their leaders are in that classroom just from this. It's so huge. All right, let's see how you did. Hey, anybody get all of them? Okay, Great. Now, if you got all of them without doing these one, one of these two things, then it's legitimate because you know our brain goes to work to help us all the time for inefficiencies. So if you didn't chain the numbers together, five, five, three, five three, six, five, three, six two, if you didn't do that, then you got a legitimate score. because you're supposed to just listen to each piece and hold it, okay? Or if you didn't look up like on imaginary blackboard and put them up there and just read them back when you wrote them down, then it's a legitimate score. So when you're working with your child and they're looking up, you just say, oh, just listen, listen to these numbers, and you'll see their eye gaze come down. It's pretty interesting. And if their mouth is moving, then you want to say, okay, just listen to each number. You might have to even have them say each number after you. Ways to work on this, I've got a book called The Best Kept Secret in Education, Auditory Processing, and um, it gives you games to play with young children, how to go up half a step if they get stuck. The Digit Span cards are something that you use twice a day for two minutes to help get their processing up. There's about 125 cards you have to have a lot because they'll start to memorize parts of them. And then in the computer age, we all obviously we have a computer program that does it for you. So it will call them out and then they just punch it in on the computer. Typically six and under, I don't encourage that because there's you know more than just processing that has to happen there. Reading to your children long periods of time will help to develop their processing. When you don't have time to read, have them listen to audiobooks. Not music, but audiobooks. That will help with that too. Obviously when for good reading you've got to make sure their eyes are working well and I have a neurodevelopmental DVD that takes you through all the steps that we're talking about, gives you things to test for and what to do about them. So you know looking at their convergence and tracking is going to be very important for their ability to read. Work on their auditory processing as well. Use frequency, intensity, and duration as much as possible. I use this flash method to work with young children oftentimes, you know, just flashing the word and telling them what it is. And I know that goes against a lot of things that you've heard, but again, I'm asking you to think differently because we are really sight readers. Read just a little bit of this, and you will see that if you did those phonetically, you would be in real trouble. Because, (laughs) But your brain just automatically knows that word, even if the letters are mixed up. Uh, isn't that interesting? So it's really okay if your ch- child's struggling with phonics to do some sight words and then add the bring their processing up, add the phonics back in, and then they're just flying. For very young children, I love these three R books. The first four books have four words, and you can read four books. I mean, they just get so excited about being able to read. So we've got the cards that they can you can teach them the words and. Uh, go through these. It's really, really great. And then obviously you want their processing to come up because it affects all those areas and you want those to be better. We have a free test kit at our booth. Just come by 413. Say, I was in Jen's class. She taught me how to do this. I just need the kit. If you have children three and under, get both kits as for, because there's one for the little ones and one for the older ones. Now, one thing that I did when first grandbaby and all that kind of stuff, um, <laughs> I did experience books for Kinsey. I had knitted her these little animals, and I thought, well, they're going to get torn up, so I'll preserve them in a book. We did uh, body parts in this book. So this one says rabbit's arm. This one says Kinzie's arm. And then I did duplicate book, but with more words. Rabbit has two short arms. Kinsey has two soft arms. And so just different body parts that we taught her in that particular book. I guess this one shows the head and the rabbit's head and the Kinsey, and Kinsey's head. For Carter, I didn't get on the ball when he was just little, so he was a little bit older. We did opposites for him. So here's Carter with the open door and closed door, curved and straight. And then we did one with phrases or little sentences near the house, far from the house. Rocks are rough, monkeys are smooth. And then Kaylee, we kind of got into this book thing, and we decided we would do colors for her. So we're taking pictures of her in the different colors, and then we'll teach her colors with her own little book. All right, now it is time for the output. So when you see these flags, and you know I'm just holler it right out. You ready? Oh yes. Good job. Whoa, that was good. Mhm. Good job. Hmm, what's going on here? Y'all knew all those flags so good. It's Serbia. You need a little more input here. So what happened? what? No input on that. Well, just one input. And some of you got it at the first, but by the time we got here. So do you see, how long did it take me to teach you those flags? Probably a minute total, all those inputs. So this is what I want you to see. Anything you want to teach, you can teach with this frequency, intensity, and duration. It's very intense because you've just got a short time and it's very short. But it's overtime and multiple times a day, you know, two or three times a day. Anything that you want to teach your child, teaching to, is to interest, like intensity, maybe they're like horses. And so what could you teach with horses? I mean, you could teach the Oregon Trail through the eyes of the horse, you know, and, or uh, Roman times through the chariots and things like that. So that adds intensity, but you don't have to spend – An hour on all this stuff all this time. Just feed their interest. One of the things you can do is make a list of things that they're interested in and then go to that interest list and say, uh, okay, what do you want to learn about today? It really makes it fun for for these kiddos. Now, storage of information, we're going to have to go through this really fast. I'm sorry. But this is where the information is stored. Have you ever had this experience where you taught the child something and the next day they just look at it like, I've never seen this before. Are you going to teach me this or what? Well, it's based on dominance. It's where the information is stored. So one side of our body is controlled by one hemisphere, the other side by the other hemisphere. And if to be most efficient, you want to be everything the same on one side because you're storing things. You're, if you're right-handed, you look here to get your information. If you've used your left eye, you put it over here. Now, we see with both eyes, but one of them uses that eye for storage of information. So it's really important to get this all lined up on one side. I don't have time to teach you about this, but I do have resources. There's a podcast, number 5, 17, and 23, all talk about dominance. And those are on our website. You can get those from littlegiantsteps.com. And the mixed, ish, the mixed dominance issues are, and the emotions just run on high. You know, we just, they're just always upset. They lack analytical thought and logic. They often have letter reversals. There's stuttering and stammering that goes on oftentimes. And when they're in their subdominant, they don't have access to what they know. The information is just kind of gone. Or they think of it afterwards, but when they're under pressure, they can't think of it. Moving information from this short-term memory to long-term memory, it takes two routes. It either goes through visualization or conceptualization. And (laughs) visualization is thinking in pictures. You take in this information and then you store it as a picture if you're a visualizer. And then if you're a conceptualizer, you think in words. You store things just as a word. Now sometimes it's hard for visualizers and conceptualizers to talk to each other. So if this is happening in your marriage, you know, you're painting this beautiful picture for your husband and he doesn't have a clue what you're talking about because he thinks in words, that could be part of the problem. But it's good to be good in both of these, both conceptual and visual. So one way to work on the visual is with these vocabulary cartoons. I don't know if you've seen these before, but they're picture mnemonics, and it has the word with the meaning, but it has a picture to remind you. So that's one way to kill two birds with one stone, and that is getting the information in and stored well and also working on visualization, which is a really huge skill. The other thing you want to do for reading especially is visual discrimination. You know, Very early on, those golden arches are just very attractive and they know exactly what they mean because there's a playground there or whatever. So they quickly know if there's a Kroger sign or this or that or the other when you frequent those things and tell them. So visual discrimination is something that you can play real early. They don't have to know their numbers to even do this game. There's 12 cards in each set that are small, 12 cards that are big. You can put out four, you can put out six, however many, depending on the age of the child. And then you show them the big card, and they have to find the one that matches. Now, it goes from something very simple like this, through words where the first two or three letters are the same, to something very abstract. So this is one for you to try. So look at this, and then see if you can find it bottom center. Very good. When we do it like that, there's three levels of progression here. You can hold it up and they can keep referring back to it, but that was visual memory and visual discrimination. When you do it like that, just hold it and then it's gone. So there's a a bunch of those that you might want to check out. This is actually something that raises the IQ is visual discrimination. Then utilizing information Is where you spend most of your time with your child, but this foundation of brain organization, receiving information, processing, storing, that has to be there before you can utilize information well. That the brain, we are fearfully and wonderfully made. If you can think of these mazes um, in our brain and then all we have to do is think in our little finger moves, I mean, it's just pretty amazing. Again, brain organization, receiving, processing, storing, and utilizing information. One thing that you've got to be careful about is uh, judging your child that they're not paying attention or or they're doing things on purpose when they have problems. Um, Anson was having a problem with his central vision. It did not develop when he was little, and that's just a developmental stage, something that we can help with. But he would miss simple, just simple problems. He could do just fabulous things. He was really good at math, but his parents thought he was lazy, careless, and just didn't care. And so they were really down on him a lot. But what happened was he couldn't see the plus or the multiplication sign half the time. It would just kind of disappear in his central vision, and he didn't do the problem correctly. So what we do is a family brain kit that you can work on brain stimulation. It's got the two-hour DVD that you can test for things and know what to do based on that information. And then it's got activities that you can do, like a summer brain training kind of camp. We had one 17-year-old that came, and he really wanted to go to college, but he had a 14 on his ACT. And in three months' time, he brought that up to a 20, By using this program, it works on lower level brain organization, processing, and it will teach you about that dominance, testing for dominance, and those podcasts, I've got that on those podcasts too. Sometimes the older kids kind of balk at this, and I just encourage them with this scripture, I discipline my body like an athlete, training it to do what it should do. And so when you get all of those pathways working well, and you've got the gifted child like you have it's amazing what can happen the auditory processing test kit be sure to get that be sure to stay tuned to the ultimate homeschool radio network where you'll receive more brain coach tips to make life and learning easier next week we'll explore the best way to teach reading if you and your child have been frustrated with the progress in learning to read you'll be relieved to find that there are ways your instruction time can be easier and more productive. I will show you how to have no more tears reading at your house for those that are struggling and sailing through the reading process for those beginning readers. I have watched thousands of moms with no additional educational training take the neurodevelopmental approach to life and to reading and change their child's life. You can do it too. Until next week, it's the Brain Coach signing off and reminding you that neurodevelopment is a dynamic approach to life at any age. So think differently. The solution is not in the problem, especially when you're looking at reading problems. See you next week.